You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, July 19th, 2021, and we have a very fun weekend to go over, I would say, by the uh, by the approximation of many, probably some of the most fun we've had in a post-All-Star break series uh, in half a decade, to be completely honest with you. I think that's a that's a fairly easy argument to win if, if you were to, to argue that in, in what court? I don't know where I'm going with that, but if you were, if you were debating that with, with your buddies and, uh, and your friends one night, I think, uh, I think that would be an argument you would probably win. An incredibly fun weekend of Detroit Tigers baseball. So thank you for coming, uh, for coming here to, uh, to talk about it and to listen about it and to whatever about it. This is Locked On Tigers. Like I said, we've got a uh, going to recap this fun week. First, got to talk to everybody about Locked On MLB Prospects. It's MLB draft season just ended, as we all know, and now we got those dudes that are going to start signing and getting put into systems and what have you. So go on to Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. It's covering every future star of the MLB. Host Aram Lighton, great guy, brings you player interviews and farm system breakdowns every day. Subscribe to Locked On MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I almost said where you get your prospects. You get it. All right. Locked on Tigers, fun weekend. Let's get right into it. Let's not waste any time because we got three games to go over, and and I want to be done going over all three games before the third segment because the third segment is going to be dedicated just to just to an, an emotion, I guess you would say. So segment one, let let's let's start with game one. Okay, Jose Urania on the bump throws three scoreless, gets into some trouble uh, a little bit, but but two of the three innings were relatively clean, not a not a bad outing, but he gets hurt. And he gets pulled, and then he gets put on the IL. Okay? Not great. Also, before this game even started, Willie Castro gets optioned, and Nomar Mazzara gets DFA'd. So Nomar Mazzara no longer on the 40-man. The odds that you will see Nomar Mazzara ever again in an Old English D are slim to none. I I would say probably zero. I I don't see a scenario where Nomar Mazzara ever steps into a batter's box wearing an Old English D ever again. Okay? Willie Castro optioned. He has options left. I believe that was his last option, actually. So uh, we'll, we'll see what the future holds for him. But he's still on the 40-man. Really easy to recall him. And uh, you can only use one option a year. So he could be recalled and sent down, recalled and sent down a, a plethora of times the remainder of this season. Uh, you, you don't use an option every time you get demoted. So the interesting thing to keep an eye on. But Isak Paredes called up. Very fun. One of uh, one of the guys that made a pretty good impression, I feel like, on Tigers fans in 2020. Definitely slumped a little bit. And it, the the big thing is his hand, his, his bat-to-ball skills have impressed, in again, since 2020, since and at all periods in, in his major league tenure. Um, the problem is there is just a, a noticeable lack of power at the major league level. And uh, it would be nice if he could in, improve his, his walk numbers, maybe take a little bit more, more professional at-bats, I guess. Not, I don't want to slander him or do him disservice here, but you know, work the count a little bit more, maybe draw a few more walks. But, but the biggest thing is just it, it seems like he puts the bat on the ball really often, but it's very often like a weak ground out. Uh, so that's something he's going to have to work on. 
But he's called up. He's one of the the young, bright future bats that many believe uh, to be in this organization. So that's fun, man. It's, it's, it's always fun when those kids get called up. Uh, and then Alex Lang got called up uh, as well. Jose Urania then to the IL. Just a crazy, crazy weekend. Okay, let's get into the game, though. Jose Urania goes down. Kyle Funkhauser comes in. Gregory Soto comes in. Closes the door. We win this game one to nothing, and the only run we scored was a leadoff homer by Robbie Grossman, the first at bat, uh, not of the entire game because we were the home team, but but the first AB of uh, of the Tigers, the first Tigers at bat of the game was a solo Robbie Grossman homer, and we won the game one nothing. So a really weird game, uh, seven inning doubleheader because Rob Manfred hates baseball. And, and, yeah, that there's not too much to go over there. The only thing that that's really needs to be discussed is the pitching depth, well, we will get, which we will get more into later as well. Jose Urania, say what you will about the guy because he has not been good. But he, he was going to go out there and give you four to five innings. This pitching rotation is so thin already before the Urania injury. So thin. Willie Peralta, as good as he's been, he was never supposed to start games, especially not be an actual part of the rotation. Not even spot start. He's legitimately a part of the rotation. He was never even supposed to be in the majors. He was a minor league deal just as a depth piece. He is now like our, our third in our rotation because of all the injuries we have. We are now going to look at a, at a five-day st- – I mean, with Mize on the innings, I don't know how we can continue to put Mize on innings restrictions. I know we've done it the last the, for the month of July. I'm not sure if we can afford to do that at this point because the pitching depth is so thin. We're going to have two, three, even bullpen games a week. We're going to we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be starting Funkhauser slash Alexander as an opener two two nights a week. I, I'm not sure how we can afford. To, to to make Mize, you know, pull Mize after three or four. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how we deal with that, but that is a, a glaring and massive problem for this team in the second half is the pitching depth is horrific. Turnbull got moved to the 60-day IL uh, before the All-Star break, so he's not going to come back till at least early August. And Boyd, uh, I, I haven't heard a thing on Matt Boyd. I, he was put on the 10-day IL way more, longer than 10 days ago, and I have heard zero updates. So hopefully we can get him back before the break. And then comes in the question, yo, the, the plan was to sell Matt Boyd. Uh, he's having a, a good year. You could sell him. You, you should sell him. Logically, you absolutely should sell him. Uh, if you trade him, who's going to pitch for this team? Like, you have to trade him. You you have to, man. You, you you really have to. Because it doesn't make sense to hold on to him. But, I I, I mean, the depth is, is a glaring problem. I guess I'm just trying to highlight that. I'm trying to highlight how big of a problem the starting pitching depth is for this team. And it's going to be something we really have to keep an eye on going forward. Going to game two, I was at this game. And it was absolutely incredible. One of... One of the best games I've been to in a very long time. We'll talk about it a lot more in segment three. But but such an incredible experience. Was with incredible people. The stadium was packed. Uh, and ended in a Miguel Cabrera walk-off. Just the, the perfect recipes. It was a Saturday night game. Like 
every single recipe you could make for a, a, an electric Detroit Tigers baseball game in 2021 you had. And that was that it was it was a really really cool experience and and I had a blast and uh, I I'm pretty sure everybody there had a blast. It was it was an incredible incredible experience. The pitching is uh, is again we're going to go back to pitching depth because Tyler Alexander started this game and he was fine he was serviceable we won the game he didn't give up too many runs this was another seven inning game uh, so Tyler Alexander starts and then it's just the bullpen game and and we were out of pitchers by the end of the game the game went into extra innings and Joe Jimenez had to stay out there because we were out of pitchers Joe Jimenez threw into the 30s with his pitch count this game. <laughs> Because we were out of pitches, and and Derek Holland was up there before him. It's it, it certainly was not how we drew it up by any stretch of the imagination, uh, and it still ended up working. the The pitching depth is a problem, but we went three and zero this weekend, and and Mize and Scooble didn't start a single game. We will gladly, gladly gladly take that every day of the week and twice on Sundays. All right, we're going to get into uh, the rest of game two here on the other side of the break and then game three as well. But first, got to talk to everybody about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fast and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, even your UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online, your laptop or mobile device, and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams are heading into playoff mode. Head to the website or use a mobile device, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's get right back on the horse here. Games two and three, we're going to finish up games two. Uh, offensive performances for this game, we, we already touched on the pitching, obviously. Obviously, the the, the, the hitting performances, Akil Badu, another, just, he's so electric. And, it, and it's not, it's no longer just, I feel like I've said this a million times, but it's important to reiterate. It's no longer just the flash in the pan start to the season, always making cool plays. He is legitimately taking incredibly impressive at-bats. And it's awesome, and I love him, and he should absolutely be in the AL Rookie of the Year conversation. Jonathan Scope with a nice knock. We'll get into him a little bit more in segment three because every day that passes, more and more people get upset at me for my, <laughs> for, for my comments about Scopey. Still love him to death. Uh, Robbie Grossman. With a nice knock, Miguel Cabrera had the walk-off, as we all know. Um, Jamer had a walk. Just really the, the top five in the lineup were really effective. Zach Short with a nice rip. Uh, and, and the other important one I want to talk about is Derek Hill. So Derek Hill gets called up as well. I feel like I might have missed him when uh, when when talking about the, the roster moves that were made at the beginning of the show. Derek Hill called up as well. Victor Reyes also called up, to, much to my dismay, as, as people I'm sure know my opinion of Victor Reyes by now. Um, just this team was already so thin, and then now it's, it's, even, th- it's even thinner, it seems. But we ride, and we still went 3-0. So Derek Hill comes in to this game, uh, starts this game in center, bobbles a ball in center field at the beginning that, that probably costs us a run. 
but then makes an incredible play later in the game. And then gets on base in the uh, in, in extras, okay, and just steals third, a huge steal of third. And we'll talk about Derek Hill's speed a little bit more and uh, and when we talk about game three as well. He is he is electric, man. He is absolutely electric, and that steal was huge. And then and then Scope gets a hit, and then Miggy does Miggy things, and well, it was a pop out that probably should have been caught, but we we ball. Does it look like I care? No, a win's a win, and it was an absolutely electric atmosphere. So this game was really um, the was was really close uh, for for obvious reasons, obviously four to five, but. This game was the definition of a, a game that in 2019 we don't win. In 2019, this team does not win this game. And th- whether you like it or not, the roster isn't that much better. It is better. It is serviceably better. But it's not like we, we, are, we are outperforming our roster right now because this coaching staff is unbelievable. And the culture has changed. And, and we have brought in better, you know, a better roster than we did in 19, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not trying to discredit or disservice the talent because it's, it's significantly better than the 114-loss team. But, but we still are outperforming our, our pure talent, our true talent, because of how unreal this coaching staff is, top to bottom. And these are the kind of games that, that the Tigers of old, the last half a decade of Tigers baseball, we do not win. But with this coaching staff and this team, we win. And that is beautiful, and it's awesome, and it's so exciting. Okay, so I just want to make that very clear. This coaching staff, I I toot the horn of the coaching staff as often as I can, and it deserves all the praise it gets. So this was a very, very fun game. We'll talk about it a little bit more in segment three. Let's get into game three for now, the the final game of this series. To finish off the sweep, we get swept by the Twins before the All-Star break. We come back right after and sweep them right back. You absolutely love to see that. Jonathan Scope, uh, incredible game. His OPS is almost 800 now. Look, man, I, I, it's it's such a tough conversation. The conversation about what to do with him at the deadline is so difficult um, because I love the dude to death. And I, I will say, if if it comes out that we did extend him, right? If, if it comes out, oh, Jonathan Scope extended, whatever, two, three years, I'm not going to be upset. I'm not going to go screaming saying, oh, my gosh, this organization is so stupid, we should have traded him. Not not going to be my response. If, if we do nothing and then don't re-sign him in the offseason, I will be furious because that's stupid. You either have to trade him or extend him. You cannot just keep him this year and then not bring him back in the offseason. That would be very dumb. But I still think that the the we don't have to dig down this rabbit hole now. As we get closer and closer to the deadline, we can kind of do whole segments about this because I have a lot to cover today. But um, I still think the value is, is probably in moving him. But I do not want to make it sound like if we extended him, I would be mad because I absolutely wouldn't. I would be far from upset if that ended up being the, uh, the Jonathan, in Jonathan Scope's future. Was not, would not be upset at all. He's been great. I love the dude to death. And uh, was fantastic on Sunday, that's for sure. Hit another ball about 930 feet. He stays hot. 
stays hot, man. All, like I said, almost at a, almost at an 800 OPS now. Um, Miguel Cabrera with another nice, nice rip, and Jamer Candelario had a had a great game, an incredible game, a, a very very noteworthy performance at the plate. He goes two for four, and and one of those being a bomb. The thing with Jamer this year at the plate, his, the I'm not a big batting average guy, which you know, whatever. That's a whole argument for another different day. Not not very big on batting average, but his on base percentage is not bad. Almost a 350 OBP. That's that's pretty darn solid, right? So so the the average, the hits and the walks are are not a problem. He you know 264 average is not horrible in today's day and age of baseball whatsoever. The problem is his slugging percentage. Is, is below 390. Even with the homer, it's 389. Okay, He needs to be hitting for a lot more power than he is right now. That is easily the biggest shortcoming of his offense. If, if all these hits were doubles, he would be very, very valuable. And we would be looked upon around the league as, as, as very highly, to be honest, because his defense has been solid. And, uh, and, and like I said, the OBP is pretty, pretty respectable too. It's really just the slugging percentage is, is not good, man. I mean, a 389 slugging percentage is, is that's, that's, I love Robbie Grossman to, to the edge of the earth and back. One of my favorite players in all of baseball. And, and we got him for his on base percentage. So I don't care that he does has a bad slugging, but Candelario's slugging is comfortably worse than Robbie Grossman's at the moment. That is, that is not something that should be a thing. So, Candy, I'm really excited that, that he hit this homer, and hopefully it leads to kind of a more power-filled second half with, uh, w- with us. And uh, he's another highly debated kind of what to do in the future thing. And to, to more solidify himself as a for sure part of this future, he's going to need to hit for more power. No one's going to keep him around as a long-term option with a sub-400 slugging percentage at third base. That's just not going to happen, especially with how much depth this organization all of a sudden has at the corner infield positions. Okay, uh, Isak gets a hit. Solid. Love to see it. Um, the power thing with him, too, but obviously that's a, obviously that's a way smaller sample size. So that's just something to keep an eye on more than like a critique so far because he hasn't played enough games up here for, for that to be a fair criticism. Zach Short with a nice. Oh, also Jamer in the field uh, on Sunday was sensational. Um, set a new career high in assists, I believe. Um, was was very very good. Caught a, a lot of hard hit balls right after him, right at him. Turned a lot of double plays. Was was very very impressive in the field. Was uh, trying to raise his his defensive run saved by like points in in a single game. It was truly a remarkable thing. And that on top of his performance at the plate, easily the player of the game. Jake Rogers is the last person I want to touch on. Um, Jake Rogers' OPS is now over 800, and he is playing almost every day. He's probably close to 50-50 platooning with Eric Haas. So it's not a ridiculously small sample size anymore, and he has an over 800 OPS. If Jake Rogers is a consistent, even high 700s OPS hitter, he will be so valuable to this organization, and he will be a catcher here. Maybe not every single day, maybe not like an 140-game uh, a year catcher because I, I really like Dingler too, but he will be a part of this organization for a for a very long time if he if he hits like that because of how valuable he is behind the plate. Super super excited to see Jake Rogers doing this well um, at, at the plate and behind the plate. One of my favorite storylines of the season by far because I was not sold on his offense at all coming into the season. Awesome awesome, love to be proved wrong when it when it's that way. And I, I love nothing more. 
than to be proved wrong when I come in and I'm low on a person and they shove it in my face and end up playing really well. That is one of my favorite things on this planet, to be honest. I, I, I am 100% a, a tiger success over my pride ten, <laughs> every day of the week and, uh, and twice on Sunday. So I, I absolutely love that. And then, yeah, Derek Hill again, two rips, some stolen base. Like He is so electric, and he's a guy uh, in the same breath as Rodgers, really, where if he is even, his OPS in this tiny, tiny sample size of this year is 709. I am not kidding when I say if Derek Hill has a 710 OPS, which is not great, but if he has a 710 OPS at the major league level, like permanently, consistently, if that if that's at 160 start games played a year OPS, he can be my center fielder forever, man. He is electric. He's electric on the base path. He he if he's putting the ball in play, he's forcing you to, to hurry up and, and can force errors that way. And he is watching Derek Hill play center field at Comerica Park is is one of the great wonders of the planet Earth. I am not kidding. I if seven ten OPS is is like below slightly below average. Like that's nothing overly impressive. That that's not even a, a like a, a league average OPS. Okay, if he even did seven ten. He could bat nine and play center field for 160 games for me. 162. I don't care. So that's a really, really fun thing to see as well. His thing is going to be, can he cut down the strikeouts, which he has so far in his major league tenure, and then uh, the slugging percentage is going to be a thing. He he and and he's a more faster guy, whatever. And if he doesn't have the slugging, he's going to have to learn to draw a lot more walks. He's going to have to do one of those two things. If he doesn't hit for power and he doesn't draw walks, uh, you know that the the, the offensive numbers are going to plummet. But if he can just do one of those two things, he, he can play center field for me any day of the week. Any day of the week. All right, let's get into uh, let's get into segment three, which is all about the emotions that a lot of people had, including myself, over the weekend. And, uh, and kind of wrapping up just my thoughts about the current state of the team and what have you. But first, I've got to talk to everybody about our friends over at Where Else But Built Bar. Did you know? You definitely know if you've been listening to me for any amount of time. That Built Bar has nine delicious flavors. Delicious flavors. If you don't know about all the Built Bar flavors, well, A, you're missing out. B, here they are. Coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. My favorite of, of the current slate is probably the cookies and cream. Okay, I just got a mixed box. Uh, in, in past, that peanut butter brownie's been my favorite, but but we're we're moving certain flavors in and out of circulation to see what the people like. And of this current slate, cookies and cream has got to be my favorite. I got it in a mixed box last week, had it, had it, but having it for lunch quite often. My favorite flavor currently. If you haven't tried all the flavors, like I said, you can get that mixed box, which is two of each of the nine flavors sent to you. You can figure out which ones you like best. So the next time you order, it's easy. And you can just directly order that because you've tried them all. You, you know what you like at that point. They're so good tasting and so good for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories from 130 to 180 calories. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar. And only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors. All tasty. All healthy. Order today. Get that, get that coconut, that cherry, or that cookies and cream. Whatever you like. Get that mixed box. 
Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that crazy? You could eat what an Olympian eats for lunch. And you're telling me, no, I'm good. Yeah, you're ridiculous. With all the with all the, the Built Bar praise I have made you guys listen to over the last month, now they are the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. you got to get on the wave. You, if you haven't already, you got to get on the wave. They're fantastic. And on your first order, you can go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, everybody, let's get into this final segment here. Uh, this one is is going to be very, uh, very not like analytical <laughs> at all. This is just going to be me talking about. Uh, so I was at the game with some uh, with with a lot of good friends of mine and and met up with a lot of people down there and and it was a very big Tigers Twitter game. A lot of people from that are prevalent on Tigers Twitter were at the game. And it was an amazing, amazing night. I had an absolute blast. Even if the Tigers didn't win, I, I would have been an incredible night for me. But they did win, and they won in a walk-off fashion. And it was a Miguel Cabrera walk-off fashion. And it was a, almost a sellout crowd. It was the biggest crowd since July of 2019. It's been two years since we've had a crowd as big as the one we had on Saturday night. For a seven-inning doubleheader in July against the Twins. The biggest crowd we've had in two years. It was awesome. The stadium was packed. And they were on their feet pretty much the entire bottom of the eighth inning. It was extra innings because it was only a seven-inning game. So so whatever. The, the metaphorical tenth inning. <laughs> and it was such a cool night. All the former Tigers were there. Right, we had, we had all the former Tigers. I got my picture taken with some, um, all the the former Tigers players and personnel and stuff. Jim Leland was there, Doug Fister was there, Andy Dirks, uh, some just some some great names. Craig Monroe was out taking pictures with people. Um, just a, a really awesome experience. And on top of all that, then in extra innings, Phil Coke is. On, I look up and in, in the, the people I was with, we look up into our left, right? And we see Phil Coke screaming, leaning over the edge of a suite in his, in his Tigers jersey, screaming and flexing and, and hyping up and waving his arms, trying to pump up the crowd. And then they show him on the big screen. Everybody gets all excited. And then we start hearing banging. And we're like, Who's, what is happening? What, what's that noise? And we look up again, and Phil Coke is leaning over the railing in the suite with his hand in a fist, punching the scoreboard that is right below the electronic scoreboard that is right below the suite. And he's and he's doing it on time with the Let's Go Tigers chant. And he is he is screaming while he's doing it for the entire eighth inning. The metaphorical tenth. And everybody's on their feet, and everybody's screaming. And then Miguel Cabrera, the, the, the hometown favorite for obvious reasons, hits a walk-off, score, Scope scores from first base, and the crowd blows up. And A.J. Hinch talked about it in the post-game presser. 
He talked about how how uh, he started off the press conference with thanking the fans and saying that it was probably the first game they've had this year that really felt like a, a big time crowd usually feels like, and and how a how a crowd of a competitive team felt like pre-COVID. And I, I just think it was such a not only such a cool moment, just for so many people to have. Uh, a sense of normalcy and a sense of return to normalcy. Um, but for a team that is is longing for success, this team at the time, after the game, was nine games under 500. They're now eight games under 500. They are 10 games back from the wild card and like 12 or 13 back from the leader in the division. They, they're... They are, they are, for all intensive purposes, out of the race and comfortably under 500. And yet, we had a, a borderline sellout crowd with, with an incredible, honestly, again, I, I, was, I was in the lower bowl too. It was a, a borderline playoff atmosphere. It was so cool. It was so it was so awesome, and it's really honestly it was important to me, which which might sound weird, but this city has been put through the ringer with its its sports fandom, and it, it, just as a city as a whole, the last two decades, th- this this town and these people have been been through quite a lot, and the last five years of, of sports in this city have been brutal. Absolutely brutal. All four teams going through a major rebuild at the same time is is worst case scenario for a lot of people. Myself included. As someone who 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 sports is really my my biggest personality trait and I'm not ashamed of it. That I mean just tough, man. And now you look around and you have the Red Wings, with one of the most promising up-and-coming futures in hockey, with arguably the best general manager in all of hockey. You have the Pistons, who have one of the best young cores in basketball before adding Cade Cunningham, which they will in less than two weeks. You have the Tigers, who after five years of 95-plus lost baseball, have a couple of really good prospects on the way, and are starting to win and stumbled and fell into the best coaching staff in baseball. And you have the Lions, which I know a lot of people are just going to say, you know, and then you have the Lions, but Dan brings energy and we finally have, have, have a direction and a plan going forward and some young talent on that team. It's just nice, man. It's uh, Kevin Malone. It's just nice to win one sometimes. It's just so exciting that that after the last half decade and and what it's been for all these teams, that we can we're finally looking around and thinking, all right, we, if if we were all in the bottom at the same time, there's a chance that we could all be on the uptick and on the up at the same time, and that would make the last five years so worth it. So I guess what I'm saying is I, I just pray. That, that this front office was paying attention to how the crowd was this weekend, specifically for Saturday and Sunday's games, because it was electric. 
It was a playoff-like atmosphere for a team that was almost 10 games under 500 and out of a playoff race on a random game in July. And it was a borderline playoff atmosphere. If you give this city a winning product, if you spend money this offseason, get a shortstop, maybe get another pitcher, maybe get an outfielder, whatever. You spend smart money this offseason, and then you call up Torque and Green, you are going to see some of the, the craziest and coolest crowds you have ever seen, and you are going to see a city fall in love with the Detroit Tigers again. And that's something that we have not been able to say for, uh, again, uh, half a decade. And I long for that day. I, I, I cannot wait for it. Cannot wait for it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Before I, uh, before I send you on your way, i got to let everybody know about a new Locked On podcast. Locked On Bets. Betting on the MLB, the Tigers, baseball in general. Doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast. All right, guys, thank you so much for, for riding with me, as always. Uh, I'm going to be present at uh, several of the Rangers games this week. So if you're, uh, if you're around and uh, if you happen to be at any of those games and, and you see me, uh, feel free to, to approach. I had somebody say that, uh, that they, were, they didn't want to bother me or something. That's, that's ridiculous. I, I love interacting with you guys. It's my, probably my favorite part of this gig. So, so if you if you see, I'm very hard to miss. I'm a very, very tall human, very large human. So if uh, if you see me at Comerica, please feel free to uh, to to approach me. And I had some people that listen to the show walk up to me on Saturday night's game. It was super cool to talk to listeners. So that that uh, offer is always on the table. Don't ever feel like I I uh, I I wouldn't want to talk to a listener. That's awesome. And, uh, and yeah, hopefully we've got a fun week. You get a lot of in-person analysis because I will be at uh, quite a few Tigers games this, this upcoming week. So thanks for riding with me. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And I will catch you all tomorrow. Go Tigers, baby.